Number two, zero, zero. 200 and counting. You know I, what they always say? What? The first 200 are the hard ones. Is, it, is that what they, <laughs> we're gonna? I, 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 this is Tuesday morning. We, we record this. And I, I received a text from my nephew, Chris. Yeah. A shout out to my nephew, Chris. Hi, Chris. And Chris sent a note this morning to yeah. say, congratulations on the anniversary of my ordination. And then he said, and congratulations on the 200th No, podcast. he didn't. Did he, he really? Did. He did. That's Isn't great. Isn't that cool? You know, uh, I, don't, I don't want to make any assumptions, but I'm going to guess you're more proud of the 200 episodes than 47 years of priesthood. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I'm not going to touch that, but I will say... I never expected to reach 200. No. But I, I did expect to reach 47 years of ordination. That's good. Well, happy anniversary to you. And Thank he- you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the 23 Podcast. Michael here with Father Herb. And Michael is the one who did the first 100 podcasts, and I've done the second 100. <laughs> yeah, we just mimic each other's voices. Uh, but today, in all seriousness, 200 episodes is fun. That's great. It's not that big of a deal. When it's did just we a, start? Because I know it's more than four years because we have skipped times uh, through I don't, the years. I don't know when we started because we've actually changed platforms. format, so you've deleted. Yeah, the first... I, I have basically from... Actually, you know what? I probably have the original episodes on a cloud somewhere. Okay. We'll have to pull them back out. Some We could do one of those you know, best of shows. Well, that's what I was thinking. If this were a sitcom... Yeah. They don't bother to actually record new material. They take er- excerpts from the old. Yeah. The problem is you're assuming there there was something good to take from the previous the episode. The best of. It, it would <laughs> the just best be... of might be a five, five seconds here and uh, 20 seconds there. 23 minutes of silence. There okay. you go. But anyway, we are here today, and not just here today, but we are here today recording live, as we always do. Yeah. We, people don't always know this, uh, but we record... It's probably pretty self-evident. We record in one take. Oh, this what you get is what you get, folks. Yeah. And it's basically you, you're listening in on Michael and me having a conversation on Tuesday morning over coffee. I, try, I have done podcasts in the past where you try to edit it. It just, there's so much time in. And then you get like, so like I would have tried to take out the word like that I just said, and that it's just annoying. I, I am who I am. You you are annoying. Well, that that too. Oh, <laughs> I probably would have tried to edit that out too. <laughs> <laughs> but I do want to I do want to talk for a moment about the anniversary that you celebrate today, because today is the anniversary of your ordination. Today is May twenty fifth. I was ordained, actually, probably almost at this moment. Oh wow. Uh, because it's about 11.30 a.m. The chrism was being rubbed into your hands. Well, actually, I don't remember how long the, the homily was because uh, the scripture, the Mass started with Scripture readings just like we have at a Sunday Mass. Yeah. And then we were called up by name, and then there was a homily, and then the ordination took place after the homily. Sure. It was in the cathedral. There were 10 of us ordained at the same time. Alphabetical order, so I was the 10th. Yeah. And uh, that was before the cathedral was renovated. So we were farther up into the sanctuary. The sanctuary, most people don't realize it because it's already been about 30 years. Yeah, I'd actually the, love the to see. The sanctuary was extended out closer to the people. I'd love to see some old pictures. I was at the cathedral yesterday. I played Mass there for Central Catholics Baccalaureate Mass. And every time I'm there, it's hard not to notice something new that you haven't noticed before in the artwork in the church. You know, 
it's so extensive. There is so much there. I I lived there one summer back in 1979, I believe, while renovation was going on. Yeah. And I would go over there in the evening after the work, workers were gone and just try to see what they had done during the day. But one day I came home from Catholic Charities and I lived at the rectory there at the cathedral and somebody announced that they had put the new lighting in, in church, in the cathedral, yeah. and it was the up lights on the ceiling because before that there were never up lights. You could not oh. see the artwork up there. Oh, wow. So I remember that evening going over to the cathedral Nobody else was around. I unlocked the door to go in, but I did not unlock the door. It was not open to the public. But mm -hmm. I walked in, turned on the uplights. I went down the center aisle. I lay down on the floor wow. just to study the ceiling. I bet. And I don't know how long I was there until suddenly it occurred to me, I better get up and go before I fall asleep. And they come in in the morning and find me lying here. <laughs> Father Weber's dead. No, uh, just or. like... <laughs> Uh, we, we got one of those vagrants sleeping in the church again. <laughs> you know, I, as I'm in there, as with any church, but I think in a cathedral, a diocesan cathedral even more so, you think of all of the holy moments that have taken place there. You know, the yeah. installation of bishops, the ordination of priests and deacons, but of course the weddings and the funerals as well. I've officiated um, at weddings there. Uh, have I officiated at a funeral? Probably, but I don't recall. I also just find it plain fun to play the organ there. It's it's uh, unlike any. Are you saying else. you want to have an organ in our church? I am saying I like to play the organ at the cathedral when appropriate. Am I putting words in your you mouth? You did put words. In I my did mouth. put. Okay, so here we are. Episode two hundred at St. John the twenty third. Twenty third. So no, that was no my Skinner that organ was my here. visit of my anniversary uh, that I was ordained. Good times. Yes. Uh, very good years. Very good years. So this weekend, we have a national holiday, Memorial Day, but it's also a wonderful feast day in the church. The Feast of the Holy Trinity. We are back into ordinary time. Pentecost ended the church count, uh, church celebration of Easter. Yes. We are in ordinary time. Weekday masses have been wearing green, but we have two more Sundays that we still celebrate festively. So this week, Holy Trinity, and next week, the Feast of Body and Blood of Christ, yes. traditionally known as Corpus Christi, Latin for the Body of Christ. Mm -hmm. So uh, these are good celebrations. But this week, the Body, uh, the Holy Trinity, it's sort of like, okay, we talked about the Holy Spirit last week with Pentecost. Now let's, let's really zero in on probably the core of our entire Christian faith, the, the Trinity. And... I always struggle, is is the core doctrine of Catholicism or Christianity the Holy Trinity or the fact that Jesus was both human and divine? And of course, you cannot separate one from the other. So those are the core They are inter, interwoven. And held by virtually all Christians. Sure. You know, some groups do not believe, like the Unitarians do not believe in the, the Trinity, nor do the um, Jehovah Witnesses. However, but the, all the mainstream uh, Protestants, Catholic, Orthodox, in fact, the Orthodox are very big about talking about the Holy Trinity. I don't want to put you on the spot, but when you say they do not believe in the Trinity, what part do they not? Like, is They believe in God the Father and that— They do not believe that Jesus was a divine. Interesting. Okay. So you don't have the Trinity, mm -hmm. and, that's, and that would be— even the name, say, Jehovah Witness, Jehovah is 
a translation of Yahweh. It's another version of Yahweh translated from the Old Testament. Do they believe that Jesus was the Messiah? You know, I can't answer that. I'm just because I, I don't know. Uh, I, they don't really talk about uh, Jesus so much, uh, but I'm not going to say that they don't still accept Jesus, at least as a prophet. Got it. Now, I know the Unitarians, they, they hold Jesus high, high as a model human. Mm. So it's not like they disregard Jesus, but they don't see him as the divine one. Well, friends, if you stick around for another 200 episodes, we'll have those questions answered for yes. you. Yes. Next time, give me advance notice and I'll do some research. I know, I know. I'm, this, I'm just asking you on the spot. I, I apologize. The, this past week, we had a baptism at Mass. That was great, Which by was the way. really exciting. It should have been done this week. Because the gospel this week is about go forth and baptize all nations in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Now, when I baptize, whether it's at Mass or outside of Mass, Mm -hmm. I make it very evident that I'm pouring water three separate times. Sure. I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and I pour water each of the three times. Yeah. Each time just a, the baby gets a little extra, a little more water. Just a, Oh, no. They, yeah. the, I do a whole lot of water each of the time. <laughs> now, this cute little girl, the water was warmed up, so it was not jolting to her at all. Little Lucy. And she was pseudo-asleep. You know how kids are sort of in twilight zone? Sure. And by the time I poured the water the third time, she opened her eyes, and I, she's quite, quite young, so I don't know if she really focused, but she opened her eyes, kind of looked at me, and it was a little Mona Lisa smile. Yeah. It really was just a cute little smile, and then it went away. That's um, cute. It, every time I, I think of, there was a great meme floating around the internet a couple of years ago. It was a picture of a baby holding a toy phone, and the caption said, yeah, and then this guy wearing a dress tried to drown me, and everyone stood around just taking pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, great. So anyway, let's read the gospel because I've, I've already referenced it. It's, we're in the year of Mark, and so what's the gospel going to be? From Matthew. <laughs> Go figure. And I'll tell you why. Let me uh, set this up. Okay. Two weeks ago, just two weeks ago, for the Feast of the Ascension, uh-huh. we read the conclusion of Mark's gospel. So rather than read it again two weeks later, we're doing the parallel passage from Matthew's gospel. Switching it up. So it is the conclusion of Matthew's gospel. For it this is very simple, so I'm going to let, it's very simple, so I'm going to let <laughs> Mike, Michael read it. Wow, such faith in me. And here's I, Michael. He's trying to cover it up now. We're, for those of you following along, we're in Matthew 28. You should be proud of me. I know my numbers, Father. All right. The 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had ordered them. When they all saw him, they worshiped, but they doubted. Then Jesus approached and said to them, All power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always until the end of the age. Now, I don't know about you, but I really, really get excited about just Jumping up and going. I'm going to go to all the nations of the world when I, when I hear this passage. Well, it's because you love to travel so much. I love to travel. I love to think that I've got something to offer to share other peop- with other people. Sure. A lot of people know this, but I'll repeat it. Uh, I've said it a, a few times in homilies. When I was in the seminary, I don't know that I ever 
questioned whether or not I was called to be a priest. The question for me was always, am I called to be a parish priest or am I called to be a missionary? Oh. And, you know, there's many things. There are religious communities where they are missionaries. There Mm -hmm. are religious communities where they are primarily teachers. And although I like teaching, that did not really call call my name. There are religious communities where they are... uh, communal like the the benedictines so they live in monasteries and there's even some that are cloistered that did not call my name so parish life attracted me but so did missionary work Mm. and i think it's passages like this so i debated quite a bit and i finally realized no i'm called to parish work what drew you to parish work what aspects of parish life were attractive to you I think that I found myself to be sort of what I will call a general practitioner, Mm. that I felt I wanted to be with families, with individuals, year in and year out. I wanted all aspects. So I did not want to be just teaching their kids. I did not want to just be just, you know, be a a preacher, you know, like the Dominicans or giving retreats. Sure. I, I felt like I wanted to be with people, the good times, bad times, you know, whether we go do a funeral or a, a wedding, whether there's a baptism or uh, someone is sick. I just felt a call to be with people on the year-round cycle of life. And many weekends, I, can, I mean, last weekend, I went from burying somebody and spending some time with a family to working with an engaged couple that's planning their wedding to having a wedding of someone else to having Sunday masses, confessions, baptism, uh, a first communion. It's sort of like emotionally I was all over the place, ups and downs and in-betweens. But that's really what what attracts me. Well, and too, as you were saying that, I was thinking it's not always with different people either. You know, we being in this parish so uh, so established now we've been with people at good and bad times in their own lives yeah and i think that's really the beauty of community and the beauty of church is that we're in this together and the same goes for you you know today we're celebrating the anniversary of your ordination and some really wonderful moments in your priesthood but we've also been through with you through surgery and and illness and three different noses. And <laughs> you've never looked better. Um, but it's it's reciprocal, right? That's what yeah. community does for each other. In some ways, that's the it goes back to the image of Trinity, right? It, everything's interwoven. Everything is is united, and the same happens in a church community. And that's the big mistake we we talk about with the Trinity. We so emphasize the three and one. We emphasize the three, yeah, and forget the one. Hmm. It's, it's really unity. Sure. It's profound unity. But it's also unity between God and humanity. The readings this Sunday, this year, are profoundly connected that God is intimate and intimately connected with humanity. If you look at the, the first reading from Deuteronomy, um, Moses is basically saying, what other God is there that has, what other people is there that has had a God that's so intimately involved? Mm. Our God is with us. You know, God is here. And I love the line from Deuteronomy chapter four, where it says, you know, the Lord is God in the heavens above and 
on earth below. So not removed. Not removed. You'll find that very much in the second reading, Paul's letter to the Romans. By the spirit of adoption, we are God's children. Therefore, we are heirs. Isn't that cool? We have that intimate relationship. Sure. If, if God were writing a will, we would be inheriting. <laughs> I call the grandfather clock. Yeah. You want the grandfather clock? <laughs> I, lo- I think old clocks are pretty cool. You, so you want dibs on that. If God was giving me stuff, I would not settle for a clock. <laughs> Well, I'm. A much, I, I'd, I'd like to have the Andes Mountains myself. Oh, I, I'm. I'm much more simple folk than you are. Perhaps uh, it reminds me of a. My grandmother had a clock on her mantle that always played the um, Westminster chime. You know, every 15 minutes. Bum 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 bum. Yeah, it would do. That's it. Big Ben, right? Yeah, and um, it just it good memories when I hear that. I actually, <laughs> I have my Amazon Alexa at home when our doorbell rings. Amazon Alexa plays. Dean, dun, dun, dun. It's like being, it, grandma didn't have an Alexa, but it's as close as I can get. Your grandmother's first name was Alexa. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Alexa. Um, you know, it's also in the Psalm this weekend. Uh, the response that we will sing is, blessed the people the Lord has chosen to be his own. Yeah. See, that's what it is. It's, we get so sidetracked by worrying about how can there be three in one. We forget that the, the message is God is with us in so many ways. God, I won't say God owns us no more than I would say a husband owns a wife or a wife owns a, a, the husband or parents own the children. Yeah. We don't own them, but we claim them. And God claims us and God admits to the world. That's what uh, Moses was saying. Nobody else can say that they've got a God. You know, our God is greater than your God. Right. Almost like that song. Our God is greater. Yeah. Our God is higher. God. I, I always find that song, by the way. I'm going to make a little fun of your choices. Go, that, that's go almost for like it. kids on the playground. Uh, like my, a dad, my dad can beat up your dad. And like, <laughs> well, my God can beat up your God. You know, the reason I like that song is not for that part. I, I like the bridge the, from Scripture. And if our God is for us, who could ever stop us? Yeah. That's, that, to me, is the And cool musically, part of it's song. good. It's very powerful. It really grows. Yeah. 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 Did I see, see folks how I got him to come around? He, he said something nice about this. Well, I, almost <laughs> all these songs that you sing, I like the bridge. The, <laughs> the bridge is always the fresh part. It's always something yeah. new and exciting. I think they start with a bridge and then they discover, oh, yeah, I guess I, I gotta, should have a verse, too. I should write the rest of the song to go with this bridge. But, um, you know, we, we in church world are really good at saying things like, God chooses us. God is always with us. Uh, God is um, in heaven and on earth all around us. But the reality is people don't always feel that, right? So we're really good at maybe saying churchy language, and it's supposed to make you feel better. It's almost what I was saying in the homily this morning's Mass, Tuesday morning, basically that for a lot of people, they're not not anti-religion, they're not anti-God, they're just indifferent. Yeah. It's... It's almost like this whole religious stuff, this God stuff, does not show up on their radar. Mm -hmm. You know, you're looking at the radar screen. Do they still have radar screens like they used to? I don't know. I don't know. How would I come across? You see a a blip on the screen. Oh. Uh, But I think for some people, it's just not there. They're they're indifferent to the whole thing. If you say, "Yeah, do you believe in God?" Of course I do. But it's not like a part of their real life, their active life. But what about even the person that's actively seeking God and still not finding what they would be, what they would conclude as God's presence in their life. So, you know, there's two thoughts I have on that. One is 
we have to, uh, to actively seek means we have to be incredibly open. Yeah. In other words, let go of preconceived expectations. Sure. That's very hard. Right. Because we often want God, but we want God on our own terms. To experience him in the way that we think we... That we think we need to experience him. Sure. The other thing is we have to remember as much as... And this came from somebody in RCIA. As much as she said, I've been hunting for God. I discovered one day God was searching for me. Hmm. So God is out there looking for us too. This was something, a topic that came up in... Uh, my disciple group this year as we were reading a book about prayer and one of the major sections in the book was talking about you know dryness in prayer life everybody experiences that either (laughs) all the time or from time to time um and it was this realization that i think we're always chasing a feeling but faith is not a feeling faith is faith you don't necessarily always feel it right but we're we're so emotion and feelings driven because we want results. So so even many times we gauge, was my prayer good? Was my prayer productive? I didn't feel anything in prayer today. Where the truth is, you prayed. Therefore, you were in the presence of God, and God was moving in you. Exactly. you felt it or Actually, not. Michael, I have to tell you, what you're saying is pretty profound. Thank you. The, I, I mean, I've It com- took 200 <laughs> sessions, but you reached it. I've come to this in my own spirituality because you're constantly chasing something that you feel like you're never finding, but it's always there all along. I'm sad this is over. We could keep going on. The Trinity goes on. And so do the next 200 episodes of the 23 Podcast. Thank you for listening. Happy anniversary. Let's go get cake. Amen.